Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. Come with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday, 50 days from Passover was Pentecost. It's very interesting as we're about to read in Acts chapter 2, this is 50 days after the Passover, 40 days after Passover, Jesus ascended into heaven. What I find very interesting about this is that even though Jesus, when he gave the, the cup of wine, said this cup represents my blood, the new covenant, even though Jesus was instituting a new covenant, God was still keeping the Jewish calendar. God was still keeping the Jewish calendar. Because after 40 days after Passover, Jesus ascends and goes into heaven. 40 is tribulation, it's trial. There were 40 weeks is the gestation period for a woman. Uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. It rained 40 days and 40 nights. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. So, so 40 is, is, is testing, is, is, tribulation, or is tribulation. But it's interesting because Jesus on the 40th day said to them, now listen, before I go up, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I promise you this, that's the promise of the Father. I want you to wait in Jerusalem. So between the 40th day and then the day of Pentecost, which is 50 days, how many days is that? 10, 10 is test, 10 is test, 500 people the Bible says Jesus appeared to and told to wait in an upper room, but 10 days later, 500 people shrank down to 120, the test kind of sifted out 380 people, 380 people had kind of better things to do for whatever reason than receive power. So that when the day of Pentecost, let's have a look at it. So, so, so it says this in verse one. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them and they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues with other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. They were confused. Just underscore the word confused. They were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they're full of new wine. Yeah. 
I could have finished at verse 12, but I like verse 13 because even a move of God, there are mockers. The answer is, or the, don't, don't be a mocker. So the title of my message today is Pentecost Enigma. The Pentecost Enigma, because it says they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? So I want to go through three enigmas, three kind of mysteries, questions around this event on Pentecost Sunday. The first one is, enigma number one is, what is the point if I don't understand what I'm saying? What is the point of praying in other languages if I don't understand what I'm saying? Good question. Glad you asked. Go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Let's have a look at this. It says, and being assembled together with them, this is Jesus with the disciples, with the five he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the chronos, the times or the seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The disciples thought, man, you died on the cross, you rose from the dead, you conquered death and hell. Is this now the, the summation of the age? Is this when every all the prophecies are going to be fulfilled? Is this? And Jesus said, listen, guys, listen. And it's not for you to speculate. It's not for you to calculate. It's not for you to sit back and say, well, because of, you know, this, this movement in the Middle East and, and Israel is God's time clock. And he said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has set in his own authority, but it is for you to receive power. It is for you to receive power and go out and do it. Don't, don't worry about the time clock. The time clock will take care of itself. Like I was, I was preaching at San Marcos the other day and, uh, you know, a popular, a popular theology is the pre-trib rapture, pre-tribulation. The Bible talks about tribulation and, but God's going to take us up, you know, before the tribulation. And so just, just to be transparent, just to be really honest with you, if, if that theology is correct, if it is correct, I don't believe it is, but if it is, let's say I'm wrong, it's correct. I will ask God to send me back. I don't want to miss, are you kidding? The Antichrist, the, the, the tribulation, the plagues, the ju- send me back. What's the worst thing that can happen? Uh, you might die. My last breath here is my first breath here. What, what, what part of, if you believe in me, though he die, yet shall he live? Like what? what? Oh, they could behead you. Before my head hits the ground, I'll be walking on the streets. What? What? You've got to be careful that you haven't out of your own preferences kind of constructed theology. So, you know, so, I, I, so let me just tell you, until the sky splits, we're going to be buying buildings. We're going to be raising leaders. We're going to be anointing and ordaining pastors and ministers. We're going to be invading territory. We're going to be flipping tables of corruption. We're going to be putting in great leaders. We're going to be putting in and electing great, godly, righteous, Jesus-loving, righteous-loving officials into places. We're going to be taking campus after campus, building after building. We're going to, we're going to do that till the sky splits. I'm not sitting back waiting for a rapture. Jesus says, you shall receive power. 
power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when, when, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it's interesting, it says there came a sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind, tongues as of fire, one rested upon each of them and they began to speak in other tongues. He never mentioned that you're going to, I mean, he does in Mark 16, but he says you're going to receive power. Why the, why the tongues then? I'm glad you asked. The tongues was because you can't see power. You can't see electricity, but you can flick a light switch and experience it. Or you can grab it and, you know, you, you can't see it, but you can experience it. So Jesus had to give them a sign that they had received something that wasn't visible, but was tangible. So he gave them the sign. So when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they they began to speak in other tongues. When they spoke in other tongues, they knew they had received power. The tongues was a receipt of a transaction from heaven. They knew as they spoke in tongues, I have the receipt, I've received power from heaven. We know this because if you read your Bible, which we encourage, if you read your Bible, the very next chapter, Acts chapter three, the Bible says at the hour of prayer, Peter and John went to the temple and there was a man who was born lame, born crippled, who they laid daily at the gate called beautiful and he would daily beg. And as Peter and John were passing by, he lifted up his cup and gave a little rattle hoping to get a drachma, hoping to get a denarius, hoping he gets a coin. And Peter does something interesting. Peter says to the man, look at us. And the Bible says the man gave him their attention, expecting to receive something from them. He said, look at us. Silver and gold we don't have. But what we do have, I give unto you. In other words, he said, look at us. You may not see power on us. You may not be able to see it because it's invisible. But one chapter ago, chapter two, we receive power from heaven. We know that because we have the receipt. We have the receipt. So what we have, we give unto you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And the Bible says he reaches out his hand and grabs the layman and rips him up. And the layman gets up and... And begins to leap and praise and follows them into the temple and turns the temple upside down, ruins the prayer meeting, or maybe elevates the prayer meeting, whichever way you see it, because they'd receive power. So tongues, speaking in tongues, you don't understand. But but when you when you're speaking in tongues, it's because you've received power. Now let me just let me just say this: uh, that there are three kinds of tongues. The Bible says. There are tongues of, God, uh, tongues of men, tongues of angels, and unknown tongues. The tongues of men, tongues of angels, unknown tongues. Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians 13. But in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 28, this is, this is one that I, we get all the time. If you're up there speaking in tongues, how can you, you should interpret? So have a look what it says. 1 Corinthians 14, 28 says, uh, if, if you're in the church, let there be two or at the most three people that in the church service, get up and seek it, give a message in tongues. And in every single one of those cases, let there be an interpreter. And then it says, but if there is no interpreter, watch this, let him keep silent in the church. Watch this. So most bad theology put a period right there. But I want you to notice there's no period. There's no period. There's a comma. So they say, there's no interpreter, you sh- sh- silent. 
shit you out of control. <laughs> but it doesn't have a period, it has a comma. Yeah. It says, and let him speak to himself and to God. Paul says, he who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but speaks to God. Indeed, with his spirit, he utters mysteries. So there are three types of tongues, the Bible says. I'm trying to do a very quick theology synopsis. The tongues of angels need to be interpreted because they're heavenly tongues. They're heavenly, they're prophetic messages into the earthly realm. The tongues of men... It's wonderful to interpret. Paul writes, if, if someone speaks in the tongues and someone interprets and then someone hears and that's their language and they realize you, will they not be cut to the heart? Will they not be overwhelmed and say, my God, God is among you? Absolutely. That's, that's what it is. But the third kind of tongue, the unknown tongue, which is your private language, it's none of your beeswax. Many years ago, I was in, I was in um, uh, Bogota, Colombia. And we're at a G12. It was a, a connect group kind of thing. There's a church down there, over 300,000 people. And they did it all through the, the cell group structure. And, uh, and I remember the, the people in front of me were from Holland at this event. Uh, the people, in, the row in front of them were from France. The people in front of them were from Germany. The people behind me were from New Zealand. So I'm sitting there and I know a little bit of, ich weiß nicht, you know, for, I know a little bit of Dutch. Uh, my father was living in France, so uh, bonjour, monsieur, comment ça va? Ça va bien? Et, so, uh, you know, I know a little bit of French, and then I know I speak fluent German. And so, in the middle of the worship, they said, just begin to sing your own song to the Lord. Just begin to sing your own song to the Lord. So the Dutch people in front of me began to sing a song to the Lord in Dutch. The French began to sing a song to the Lord in French. The Germans began to sing the song of the Lord in in German, the, the, the New Zealanders, the Kiwis, I don't know what language they, no, just kidding, they, in, it's, it's kind of English. <laughs> they began to sing. Now, should I have slapped the Dutch and said, hey, you can't sing in Dutch unless it's an interpreter. <laughs> they would have turned around and said, hang on, we're, we're not singing to you. We're singing to God in a different language. The, the French were singing to God in French. The German, they weren't talking to you. Now, if, if, if a French person got up, uh, excusez-moi, I have a word for the people. <laughs> and so he gets up on the microphone and he begins to, to give a word in French. Ooh la la, zilo, whatever. <laughs> you, how, the Bible says, how are you going to, clap or say amen unless someone interprets what they are saying if a german person gets up but in 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 the in the service so when when we have the book of miracles when we have the book of miracles and we're we're holding up the book of miracles and we're like come on let's all pray for this and the person next to you they don't have to interpret it because they're not up here giving a message they're praying with their spirit to god it's none of your beeswax does that make sense does that make sense? All right. Number two, enigma number two. Why didn't Jesus speak in tongues? Great question. Why didn't Jesus speak in tongues? Matthew 15, 24, Jesus speaking, said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of? Israel. To the house of Israel. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Jesus was Jewish. So Jesus learned Jewish. He also spoke Aramaic 
which was the, the common language of the time. And he went back and forth between Hebrew and Aramaic. But Jesus never spoke in tongues. Why didn't he speak in tongues? Well, he wasn't called to the nations. He was called to Israel. Now watch this. Go with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 11. In Genesis chapter 11, an almost parallel story with Acts chapter 2 happens. Genesis chapter 11 says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Remember when they were in the upper room, that says, And they were all in one accord in one place. So here it's the same as they're all in one accord in one place. The difference is in the book of Acts, they're all in one accord in one place out of obedience to God's word, out of obedience to Jesus' command. But here, they're all in one accord, in one place, in rebellion against God. They've, they've assembled under Nimrod, and they're building a humanistic government. Nimrod is the first one to build a one-world government, a one-world order where God is removed. Have a look what it says. It says, And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shina, and they dwelt there. You'll see the word Shina all the way through the scriptures. It's where Nebuchadnezzar put the golden statue, 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, was in Shina, in the, the province of Dura in Babylon. That's where that was built. There were patterns and repeats all the way through the scripture. Then they said to one another, come, let us bake bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone. They had brick for stone. God always builds with stones. The Bible says that you and I are living stones, living stones. What's the difference between a brick and a stone? Uniformity. A stone, every stone is individual, individual in size, individual in weight, individual in shape. Whereas bricks, bricks is uniformity. Every brick is the same size, the same weight, the same shape. In other words, you recognize the spirit of the one world government, the, the new world order, the antichrist, the one that rejects God because you are only allowed to think a certain way, believe a certain way, behave a certain way. It's all bricks. Whereas God respects your, your autonomy. He respects your individuality. He gave you a free will. So God shapes the stones to fit together. But they said, let us bake bricks and bake them thoroughly. Let us make sure that they are, they are shadow banned if they disagree. If they step outside the line, let's punish them. If they don't take the, then, then let's fire them from their jobs. Let's not let them try. They bake them thoroughly. They'd brick for stone instead of stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let's make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. They're like, uh-uh-uh. We want to gather everybody in so we can dominate, enslave, and rule over them. We can have two classes. We can have an elite class ruling over a slave-servant class. But, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us, this is God speaking, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the Trinity, come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, which is the word for confusion, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad 
over the face of all the earth. So I want you to notice, so one accord, one place, and then confusion. Here we see exactly the same pattern. One language, one speech, and then confusion. Here's the difference. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. The word world is the word, is the word ethnos, ethnicities. He says, I want you to go into every culture, into every language, into every people group. Here in Genesis 11, God, through a move of God, created all the languages. So all the people began to speak in, and they couldn't understand one another. And in the confusion, they shut down their demonic enterprise. They shut down their rebellious tower and they, they scattered throughout all the earth. But now that Jesus has risen from the dead, he's got his disciples. He says, now I want you to go and gather everything that I've scattered. And so they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in the languages and the tongues of the nations that they they were sent by God to go and gather what, what was scattered. So what was scattered in Genesis 11, God was causing us in these last days to gather them back in. It is an incredibly powerful thing. When I got baptized with the Holy Spirit on the 2nd of January, 1989, it was maybe a few weeks later, I was in my room praying. And as I was just kind of praying in the Spirit uh, in my room, my, all of a sudden it was, like, it was like I had a knot in my stomach. Like th this knot came and... And, and as this knot came, I felt like this, oh, like this groaning, like I just had to pray. I had to pray and the Spirit of God came upon me and I didn't realize I was interceding for something. But all of a sudden my tongue changed. Instead of, instead of that, I started going, I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds so silly. Stop it. And so I tried to, but every time I stopped, I couldn't stop. And, and, and I knew it was some type of Asian dialect, but I kept trying to stop. Because it was awkward and my brother was in his bedroom right next door to mine. And I thought, if he hears me and he's not a Christian, he's going to, you know, go and tell mum and dad. And, you know, I wasn't smart with the gift. Like the night I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, 2nd of January, 1989, on the 3rd of January, I burst into my mum and dad's bedroom. And my dad, because he was an atheist, I shook him and said, Dad! And, he, you know, he thought someone broke into the house or the house was on fire. I wasn't smart. I said, Dad, you don't believe in God? Explain this. <laughs> And so I was that close to getting shipped off to the funny farm. And so anyway, so now this is three weeks later, three weeks later, I'm thinking, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to get the Holy Spirit to behave. But he's like, for, for the next 45 minutes, it's, I'm like, oh dear God, it's over, it's over. They're gonna put me in one of those beautiful white jackets that do up at the back, put me in a nice little padded cell. You know, it's like, I'm just... And so anyway, after about 45, 45 minutes, like just like groaning like this, as soon as I felt that burden release and the spirit left, I thought, I've got to get away from God. I've got to get out of here. And, and I thought, where do I go? Where do I go? And then I remembered my dad, he's an atheist. And so I ran and my dad was sitting on the sofa watching the evening news. And I ran, I jumped next to my dad thinking, I'll be safe here. God, he's far from God. And so that's what I thought. And as I sat down, he's watching the news. And on the news was the Tiananmen Square Massacre, 1989. Not sure if you remember, but there are pictures where you see tanks. And there are people standing in front of the tanks. And there's this beautiful picture. It was the front cover of Time Magazine where there's a man standing in front of a tank refusing to move. They'd actually given the order to the tanks to run over people, which they had been doing. And as I'm watching this, the Holy Spirit said to me, 
you just prayed for that. Now, I've never been there. I'd never been to Tiananmen Square. I'd never even been to, to China or that region of the world. But the Spirit of God was looking for somebody that He could come upon to intercede. Romans 8.26 says, you don't know how to pray as you ought. So the Spirit Himself intercedes on our behalf with groanings and words that can't be uttered. God is always just looking for a vessel. And when you pray in tongues, when you're praying in the Spirit, it is you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you on behalf of something. Instead of your head trying to get in. Well, how could that happen? Oh, that's silly. I don't believe you. Instead of your brain getting in, your spirit is praying. The Holy Ghost is able to, to pray through you as a vessel to bring shift. So watch this. So about four months later, four months later, Wollongong Church of Christ, where I met my Liani, they had a missionary come. And the missionary told the story. And this is where it got freaky. He told the story. He was a missionary to Tiananmen Square. He said that the, 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 these, these tanks were running over people until they got to a group of Christians who stood there willing to, to lay down their lives, willing to be martyrs, to stand up for, for, against the corruption. And they held hands and they began to pray. And he said there was a surge, a surge of power went through the electronic systems of all the tanks and it shorted all the tanks so that none of the tanks could move forward. Everything went, doo, 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 just went black and blacked out. And, and then the Holy Ghost said, when you were praying, that's what you were praying for. The power, you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Okay, and the last one, enigma number three. Enigma number three is, isn't it selfish or self-serving? And I got to be honest, it's a little awkward. Like I'm like, oh, kind of. Because have a look at Jude verse 20. Have a look what Jude verse 20 says. But you, beloved. So when it says, but you, who's it talking to? Us, but you. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So whenever you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're actually building yourself up in your most holy faith. The, the, the greatest way I can, I can uh, illustrate it is like your spirit is your battery. And when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, when you're praying in tongues, you are recharging your spirit man with the spirit of heaven, with the spirit of God. And, and so well, isn't that self-serving? Well, kind of, but it's a little bit like when you fly on a plane and they go through the safety instructions, you know, that there are the exits and then the little lights will light on the floor. Should the cabin fill with smoke, little lights will light up on the floor. Hang on, if the, little, if the cabin fills with smoke, little lights will light up on the floor. What, what are they, a distraction? Where there's smoke, there's... Anyway, and uh, we're in a hollow metal tube filled with gasoline and there's smoke. But don't be distracted. Look at the little lights. The little lights are twinkling. And they'll lead you to the exit doors. Wonderful. We're 35,000 feet. I'm ready to get off this smoking puppy. I specifically requested a no smoking seat. It's like, anyway, so... But the next instruction, the next instruction is, and should we lose cabin pressure... An overhead compartment will open up and a mask will fall down. Please secure your own mask first before helping children. Well, I thought we were meant to help the children first. No, no, because if you pass out, you can't help anybody. So they say, put your mask on first, then you can help the children. When you 
pray in tongues, you are putting your mask on first. You are getting filled with the Spirit, filled with power, so you're able to help other people. In the second year of our church, 2006, I got a phone call from one of our Navy SEALs who had been very, very powerfully impacted by our church. And, uh, and he said, Pastor, would you come down to Rady's Children's Hospital? There's a, a military family in dire need. Their, their, their little boy has uh, an inoperable tumor. But I told him about healing that happens in, in our church. Would you come and pray? So I get in the car and I drive down there. And as I walk in, this little guy, he's not even three, but he has, you see, it was protruding out of his skin, this massive lump. And the doctors had said that the tentacles of this tumor was in his kidney, in his livers, had gone up into his lungs. And uh, they said it was too big. In fact, they couldn't operate because the, the surgery would be so invasive that he wouldn't survive the surgery because of the damage it would do to his internal organs. And so they were going to, they were already prescribing that the only thing they could do was try to do a radiation chemotherapy to hopefully kill the, the, the tumor. And so here I am. What I knew that this family didn't need is the prayers of a pastor who speaks with a funny Australian accent. It might be cute, but they don't need cute. They needed power. So I said, Holy Spirit, like, oh dear, this is a desperate situation. What do I do? And he says, they need power. I'm like, yes, yep, that's what they need. And he said, where does power come? I said, from you. He said, to speak in tongues. And there's nurses and doctors. And, and then I find out that the family don't even go to church. They're not even believers. And I'm like, oh, that's awkward. And then how many people thank God for the Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom? And I said, oh, I said, guys, I said, you probably noticed my name is Jürgen with the J looks like Jürgen. Yeah, we're figuring out how to pronounce it. I said, yeah, it's, it's, it's Jürgen. Oh, it looks like Jürgen. I know, it's, I was born in Germany. I said, listen, would you, would it freak you guys? Would it freak you out if I prayed for coal in German? Would that, would that? No, knock yourself out, Pastor. You speak in German. I said, no, thank you. Thank you. Just, just one more, just one more. I'm going to speak in another language. It just probably won't be German. And they're like looking at the Navy still going, who is the, and I'm like, oh. But I knew that they needed power. I knew they didn't need an eloquent prayer in an Australian accent. They needed power. So true story. Once they gave me permission, I stepped back and I just started and just began to pray in tongues. Holy Spirit is so, I mean, He could have come straight away, but He didn't. He waited several minutes. Oh, you want to quit? Nurses are watching. The doctors are looking at you like, I'm standing, it's like everyone just, and I'm just, and I'm like feeling, I'm feeling like all self-conscious and I knew I couldn't quit. And then, then maybe at the three or four minute mark, all of a sudden I feel on both my hands. I felt heat, I felt fire in my hands. And then I said, now, and he said, a little bit longer. So another 30 seconds, which seemed like forever. And then he said, now. And I walked over and I put my hand on the little guy's back. And mama was holding him like this. 
So he had his had his back and legs around. And as I put my hand on his back, he jumped because of the 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 the, the fire, the power. And then she's like, Oh my God, everything's hard, everything's hard, everything's so hard, everything's so hard. And so I just kept praying in tongues, just praying in tongues. The next morning, about ten past six, you know, God bless our Navy SEALs, but ten past six, who calls people at ten past six? He does. Because he's already up, he's already done, you know, a thousand push-ups and <laughs> five hundred pull-ups and ran along the beach with his legs tied together, <laughs> dragging a 400-pound log, you know. And, uh, and that right, Chris Russ, that's what Chris does every morning. That's why he's in such great shape. So he goes, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. And it's kind of, you don't want to interrupt and say, well, actually, I meant to believe it. Otherwise, find a different church. Like, if I don't believe this, you're probably going to the wrong church, just quietly. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, and it's like, Pastor, overnight, overnight, they're calling it a miracle. They're calling it a miracle. The tumor, which was the size of a, of a softball, has shrunk to smaller than a golf ball. All the tentacles have removed from all the vital organs. They've got him scheduled for after lunch. They're going to make a little incision and remove it. That little boy, I've got photos of him mountain bike riding and fishing with his dad and doing motocross without any cancer. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So come on, why don't we stand to our feet? Stand to our feet. I, I am perplexed. I am so perplexed. When we came to San Diego, they told us, Pastor Becky, whatever you do, don't be a Holy Spirit-filled church. Don't, if, if you want to build a big church, don't be Holy Spirit-filled. Go seeker-friendly. The biggest church is seeker-friendly. And I remember just with Leanne just saying, you know, babe, I, I'm probably the worst person to ever do seeker-friendly. Like, I can't help but offend people. <laughs> She's like, yeah, because you're an arrogant German. I'm like, well, you don't have to agree. I said, but I just kind of feel like God didn't send us from Sydney to San Diego to give San Diego what they've already got. I said, my ego, I don't need to build a big church to satiate an ego. I don't need to compromise the Word of God because I need, I need crowds. Where are all the people? I said, I just need to be obedient because I know His power saved me. His power rescued me. His power delivered me. His power transformed me. How could I hold back from them what He has given to me? I said, babe, we can't do it. I said, if nobody turns up, well, we're just going to keep pressing and we're going to keep believing. But I'm telling you, I'm so sorry that for the longest time, there was no power. There was no Holy Ghost. Jesus said, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit, it's the promise of the Father. I'm not smart enough to say, <laughs> you can have the Holy Spirit or our clever programs. Oh, oh, you need the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you seen our banners? Have you seen our marketing? <laughs> there was a time when the church needed the power of the Holy Spirit, not anymore. We've got clever programs and banners and marketing. There's no programs, banner, or marketing that can heal a tumor, that can drive out a demon, that can transform a marriage, that can break the chains of addiction, but the power of the Holy Ghost. So if you're here today and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, 
and with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's your gift today on Pentecost Sunday. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me. I, I haven't got that, but I would like that today. Just raise your hand. If you're around someone with their hands raised, I want you to put your hand on them. And those of you with your hands raised, I want you to pray this prayer because Jesus says, whoever asks, receives. So just say this word, those of you with your hands raised, say, Heavenly Father, I ask you today to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with power. I ask you today to fill me to overflowing. I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the personal gift of tongues, and the endowment of power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now just receive the Holy Spirit. Those of you that have your hands raised, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just begin to pray. Just begin to pray, but let it come from your spirit. Your mind is going to try and give you some English words, but let it come from here. Those of you around them, keep praying for them. Put your hands on them. Come on, it's a ministry time and just begin to speak out. Just begin to speak out. Paul says, when I speak in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I thank you. There is she. You've got it. You've got it, darling. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it, sir. You've got it. You've got it. That's it. Just begin to speak out. 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 That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's your own personal prayer language. It's like a direct line to heaven. The Holy Ghost praying through you. He knows what you need more than you know what you need. He knows how to move the Father's heart and hand towards you more than you know how to do it. Let Him pray through you. That's it. You've got 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 it. Man, so many people are getting it. Come on, let's give God a great praise. Let's give God a great praise. I have to hand the service over, but listen to me. For those of you that... that uh, receive the gift of tongues. Right now, I want you to know that the number one gift that I, that I use every single day is tongues. I can't even begin to explain how important. I would not be able to stand here or withstand everything that came against me if I couldn't seek it. Pray in tongues. If you haven't yet broken through, the ministry team's going to come forward. They would love to pray with you. If you're away from God and you need to come back from God, we have a response lounge. The response lounge is a, a lounge. We've made it comfortable for you to respond and say, hey, I need God. Man, I need some forgiveness of sins. Man, I need, some, I need to change the direction that my life is going. That's the response lounge. So we have that. We also have a prayer lounge. Uh, this week is Connect Week. There's a youth bonfire, Wednesday night service. Take somebody out for lunch. And uh, But come on, ministry team, come forward. God bless you, church. We love you. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages information about upcoming events and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.